How's life since we last talked? Oh, let me think about it. <laughs> You're listening to Moms No Expert Podcast. On this podcast, we'll be going on a journey together and learn how to be the best moms we can be. I'm your host, Irmari. Uh, you've been hearing me talk with the beautiful and talented Mr. Pira. And she's, back. <laughs> she's back for those who have been listening to the podcast for a while. You guys know that she was a guest before on my live and she's back and I'm so excited. I'm excited too. I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> Well, welcome, welcome. And so what is your title? Because I know, I mean, I obviously know your name, but what is your title? Professional. Um, Artist, art therapist, plant mom, cat mom. (laughs) We got options. There you go. All the options. We got options. I like it. I like it. And how many years have you been like an art therapist? Seven, six. I don't know. In that that range. Yes. It's been a a couple years. Mm -hmm. Because I always someone was like someone asked me that question. I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> 16. I started working immediately after. Yeah, so about like six or seven years. Nice. And so obviously we talked about how you got into the profession, but for those who don't know, give them a brief synopsis of how you got into the profession. Okay. So I originally went to undergrad to be a, just a traditional talk therapist, and then I took an art class. And then my professor's like, you're really good at art. And then I was like, thank you. He's like, what you studying? I said, psychology. He goes, have you heard of art therapy? I said, no. And so I feel like I accidentally fell into art therapy because I knew nothing about it. Again, I was just going to go to school, be a traditional top therapist. And shout out to my art professor who sees, <laughs> you know, more for me. <laughs> That's good. That's pretty awesome. You know? I wish somebody would tell me something. I was getting. <laughs> You're doing a great job. Stop playing thank yourself. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're doing great. <laughs> well, we have a quote, like always. And this mommy quote says, there is no standard for normal. Normal is subjective. There are 7 billion versions of normal in the planet. And that is, I forgot who did this i will find it and put on the quote on the notes because i forgot who did the quote because i didn't write it i'll put it on the show notes (laughs) um but i like this because uh so in previous episodes i've been talking about how like i've been struggling since i moved down here because you know i'm a single mom and like in my group of friends i'm the only thing i was not anymore but i was the only single mom so i like struggle with that i'm like well i'm not normal because everybody's like careers and they you know so I like it because it's what I'm going through basically I'm not the normal type mom yeah no when my dad passed I was like talking to my mom and we're just like hey we're adjusting to our new normal and so like each person has their own type of form yeah like it's always changing it's true and I think like especially in co-parenting situations like everybody's like oh this is our normal like for Mm -hmm. me our normal is like what we have like for my daughter but there's other people that have different normals like where they have holidays together and they do a bunch of things together and I'm like yeah that's not my normal but yeah for you (laughs) and normal it's also like a cultural type of normal as well because everyone is sharing the same culture yeah that's true 
That's true. Well, we're going to get into the nitty gritty. <laughs> and we're going to talk about art therapy. Art therapy. What is? What are the benefits? So we know what art therapy is, basically what you do. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about what are the benefits of art therapy. It looks like, so everyone asks, like, what is it good for? You express your feelings through art. And I'm like, yes, that is like one facet. But it's like the same and when you have a traditional therapist so all our therapists are different same way it's like traditional therapists are different some of them focus on like trauma and eating disorders and you know work-related things and so that's basically like art, like how art therapy can benefit an individual person based off of the art therapist that they work with so art therapy can be a tool to improve communication skills it could be a tool to improve social skills help deal with kind of like suicidal thought how to manage like certain traumas like it's a range of things and so it's like really hard just to pinpoint like the specifics and mm-hmm. where i work at we're in a behavioral hospital so i see a little bit of everything i work with patients who are schizophrenic i work with patients who um use you know struggle with like addiction use i work with individuals who have you know homicidal ideation i see a range of it and so i take my skills as an art therapist even though it's like a group setting I still try to find ways that it can fit into like the individual patient's treatment plans. Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty good. Well, so since you treat in a facility, do you deal more with adult or children? And who benefits, like not who benefits more, but who takes it more? I see adults, children, teenager. I see the like the right age. And it actually depends on the individual and their kind of like, confidence in their own abilities so for some adults they're like really into it and then some adults are like that's for children i don't do that and i'm just like well we got options and then they when they say that it's so funny because they're like you have these little kitty coloring sheets i'm like i also have adult ones oh, no. and then they see the adult <laughs> ones and how like intricate and detailed it is and they're like i just want to do the princess never mind <laughs> never mind i'll do the easy one yeah but like it's just a range like i have some kids who are really really creative i really get into it and then i have some kids who like struggle with it and they're just i can't get it and so it just depends on the individual and if they're like comfortable enough with trying new things i always encourage them just to try it's not about if you're like an artist if you're a creative it's just about trying depending on like if it's doing more of an open art therapy space where i just bring art materials and say just go ahead and experiment with the supplies or if i'm doing something a little more structured like talking about our own specific traumas or identifying our coping skills or building confidence it's just all about trying and their willingness to try that's pretty cool so how does it look when somebody is doing you know they're in therapy and in a therapy session with you let's say and they have to express themselves through art like what does that look like because i i kind of get it but like i want to know and i want to do it that's what i want to (laughs) know oh it is like a process so in addition to working in a behavioral hospital i also provide non-clinical art therapy workshops so the non-clinical art therapy workshops they're about like an hour, like they get an hour of like art making. And I'll use that as an example compared to the 45 minute, just because it's a better, 
descriptive for me for like the actual yeah. process. So mm-hmm. when they're like, I give them like a prompt and a recent one that we did was we created, oh, we created trading cards or like, you know, like how trading cards, you have like an image of a person and like their stats or whatever. Well, we did like a creative form of that where we kind of identified the women in our life that we, you know, honor and that that supported us. And you want to create like trading cards and create like a visual kind of representation for that. So I give them the prompt. That's the first part of the process. And then the first part of like them making the art is like identifying, okay, this is what I have to do. And it's like the planning portion. How do I want to do it? What materials do I want to use? That's the first part. And then the middle part is the assembling part. And then try to figure out how to use like the art materials to say or do to depict what they needed to be depicted as. And so through that like middle section, the planning, the organizing part, they, you know, I engage them in conversations. I kind of assist them where they need help. And then they're like, trying to do this. And I'm like, I throw ideas and we just discuss it. And I'm like, okay, have you tried like this material or what materials do you have? And so they're like, they're engaging with me, trying to, you know, figure out how they want to say what they have in their heads and put it out on paper creatively. So I'm assisting them, not doing it for them, but I'm assisting mm-hmm. them and we're talking through that process. And so once that part, they're assembling, they're organizing, the final part is where we share. And so sometimes, even though they might not be able to like visually get it, I give them the opportunity to engage me in conversations where I get asked kind of guided questions to help them process the certain thoughts that they have. So they're not fully good, like not all the time going to get like what they need to get out of their like internal onto like their art. But that's where like the therapist me comes in and I provide guided questions to help get that further portion that they're still kind of stuck with. Oh. I hope that makes sense. No, that made, no, I'm, I'm, that made perfect sense. So it's like kind of like a, like a starting point from there for you to. Yes. Understand. So that makes sense. Yes. That's pretty cool though. So what's the biggest misconception? Cause I know before when we talked everybody, you know, we were talking about art and people say, well, do I have to be an artist to be, mm-hmm. to be an art therapist? So what is the biggest misconception about art therapy? therapy? Oh. oh, the thing that I'm currently not battling with, but really frustrated being a art therapist and I'm part of the expressive therapy round. And so when I say expressive therapy, that's like the collective, all other art, not art therapists, but creative therapists. So like music therapists, dance therapists, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the biggest misconception and the thing that I'm like currently dealing with is the fact that some people still don't consider us as therapists. We're just mm-hmm. the creative people that just does fun things that makes you just feel good and so that's like the thing right now that I deal with in my hospital setting is that we're like not taking as serious as we should be because I'm still a therapist at the end of the day Mm -hmm. I just have artistic tools and I think the one thing that kind of adds to that is when people like throw events, this is also something else that recently popped up. People like throw events and there's like an art event or something. It's like, I do art therapy. And I'm like, nah, stop saying that. You are minimizing actual art therapy. It's not art therapy. You say it's art as therapy, art as therapeutic expression. But if you just say art therapy, then it just puts like a blanket statement. Oh, it's going to have so much fun. We're going to a patent that's so fun, so good. We're going to feel good. And I'm like, no, no, that is not art therapy. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
Because a lot of people say, well, I dance for therapy or I go to the gym and that's my therapy. But that's what you do ask like for you to feel good. But not that's not your therapy. You're not actually talking to your through your feelings. You're just doing it to feel good. Yeah, it's like a coping skill. It's like a, yeah. it's like you're, you're using it as like a, a therapeutic coping tool. That's what it is. It's like it feels great. But if you actually want to engage in actual art therapy, then that's a whole other avenue dealing with someone who's registered or a licensed therapist who can like really push you beyond just the feel good and then get you to the point where you're just like, oh, we're going a little deeper. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's more than just feeling internal. Okay. All right. Okay. You're yeah. rude. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Well, we all need therapy, and that's just a fact. That's like, as the United States, we all need therapy. But yeah, I think, yeah. especially moms, like I, a previous episode that I recorded, I was talking about how moms, especially, like we go through a lot, especially when we're pregnant, and then when we have the baby, and then after we, like, we go through a lot physically and emotionally and mentally. And it's not, it's not talked about enough where moms need therapy. Like, even if you just want to have therapy while you're pregnant or after you have the baby, like, you need to t- talk about what's going on <laughs> in there because yeah. it's a lot. You go through a lot physically and emotionally. But what do you think, like, as a mom, would be beneficial for for her to have to go through therapy? Like, what would she need? Yeah, or- like, what would it be beneficial for her and, like, as a mom and be a great mom? To be a great mom. I feel I like it's, it's okay. Me neither. I have those things too. <laughs> no, but I think like therapy is like super important for moms and also like parents as well because one, you could identify like things that you never noticed that you like should work on, mm-hmm. like either prior to having the baby. So, like if you have like you struggle with certain like communication things, so help improve your communication. I know postpartum, that's something that's like an important like, after you have the baby postpartum struggles that like therapy can help you kind of manage those emotions some of the guilt that might that might arise even like once you've like had a kid who's probably like seven or eight sometimes i know i cannot remember her name to save my life but i follow her on instagram and she recently got like a lot of backlash because she's just like i don't want to be a mom like i am a mom but she doesn't like being a mom and she was like talking about that and i oh, think i saw that TikTok. there's a lot of a lot of like moms have that guilt and they like feel so bad about it I feel like that makes them like also like and push them for them like depression or whatever it is that they're struggling with and having a therapist you can engage in those conversations and work through those feelings and let it be known like it's okay these are thoughts that all moms have there's nothing wrong with you (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I feel like that's like yeah that's like something yeah so like that's something that really help moms by going to therapy and then also there's mm-hmm. also i was looking because um you know how you said like everything and i like to do a little research little extra research apparently there's like called parent child interaction therapy no it's like parent child interaction therapy and it's like for parents who have like who are struggling with like their behaviors and their child and so they basically are engaging like a kind of therapy like a therapeutic set with a therapist and like the parent and the child and they're working on you know how do we work through these behaviors like identifying the child's communications like you know what they need to help communicate what the parent needs to communicate to the child and being provided like certain tools so they're not you know working on 
like improving the way that they like discipline their child parent in a sense oh okay yeah so like if they're like struggling with like i don't want to whip my child but i need help i don't know what else i need to do that kind of transition because mm-hmm. you know you know some you know brown and black households some people are still yeah. getting spankings, but they're <laughs> tr- they really want to. Yes, but they really don't want to because it's like it's not like it's not helpful, it's not beneficial in the long run. But I don't know what else to do, and so you know, parent-child interaction therapy helps with that. Helps find ways to work around the those like behaviors and that are also causing the parent frustration as well as the child frustration. That's, I didn't know about mm-hmm. that. I mean, that's cool. No, that's actually pretty cool. And I think that also ties in with like trauma. Like I think when a lot of us have a lot of trauma and then we have babies, we're like, oh, we're going to fix everything that was done to us. But we don't know how to do that. We're sitting here. We yeah. say we're going to. Yeah, we're like, I'm like that. I was like that. I'm like, I'm going to be the best mom. I'm going to be so different as my mom. And then I'm like, oh, I'm the same as my mom. So <laughs> I was like, let me go to therapy because I'm crazy out here. So it's it's very it, it makes so much sense that I'm, I didn't know about that. Now I want to look into it. I mean, I yeah, and also I think like for some people who are just I want to have a baby who's gonna love me unconditionally, mm-hmm. and then they like have their baby and then they're still struggling. Mm-hmm. I feel like therapy can definitely like help identify what it is that you are needing and that you are lacking, and kind of help work that out because kids have little meaning sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll throw "I hate you" out there, mm-hmm. wish you weren't here, I don't want you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dang, I had a baby and I wanted them to love me unconditionally, but they throwing these things at me. And I'm like, I don't like it. Yep. Therapy can help like address those like things that you've experienced in your past and why you feel this way so that you're not going to like take what your child says because your children and their little, their little meats, their little mm-hmm. mini they bullies. They are bullies. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And they get older and they get worse. Be like, Ew, you worried <laughs> I'm like, damn, I thought I looked cute. She's like, mm. <laughs> I don't know about I I live with a I am I have a built-in bully with me so <laughs> if I don't feel good about myself she'll make sure I feel worse no I'm kidding I was gonna say, I don't have any kids but I hung out with my nephew and he was a little bully and I was like bro bro I don't like you I don't want to be friends with you no I want to hang out with you no you just you were mean to me you said some mean things to me for real like damn i thought i could look cute like we went to the we went to the pool like a week ago it was my niece and my daughter they're this they're kind of the same age one is older than the other one so my niece tells mm-hmm. my cousin that baby was a little bit small and then my daughter's like mom you're showing every i was like why are you two so rude to us first of all we are grown oh adults like, why are you so rude mind you they're out here with their with two peas and stuff and i was like oh so you guys out there and we had to cover up because they were like, don't take, don't take the cover up. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you guys are mean. Oh, I'm <laughs> so meanies. I know, right? It's like, I feel good about myself. Jeez. <laughs> but what, um, I want to talk about, because you said about the black and brown community. Why do you think therapy is so important for the black and brown community? I always, you know, this podcast is mental health advocacy for, I've, I don't know how to talk but mental health forever uh <laughs> so uh but i think why do you think uh black and brown community needs therapy because uh, it's a need for us i feel like throughout history like we've generationally have gone through so much and mm-hmm. that is passed down from generation to generation and so i think therapy is a great way to like rework our mindsets 
how we view ourselves, how we communicate, because that's also something that's like was taken from us, like communicating our needs and our wants. And so I feel like therapy can help reestablish that. It's a great way to kind of it, it, it just we just need it all around. This is a generational thing. And yeah. so many things that were like, like I said, it was passed down. And so we need to rework our mindset, how we view things, how we approach certain situations. And like, because we're like, change is hard, especially mm-hmm. for like black and brown community. Change is so hard because change means risk and risk isn't safe. And for the black and brown community, we like to be where it's safe, where we know where we can like okay i know this is gonna happen like schedule like we know Mm -hmm. that like a lot of people don't leave their communities because i i know what who's this i know who that is i know who this person is but it helps us work through changes and risk and again improving like how we communicate and structuring what we need to say yeah just all the things that help us move to the next level of being great our best selves yeah i think it's important because we like we stay where we like you say we stay where we know like if i i and i i'm so scared of change but if i would have not risked it i would still be in puerto rico not in the best places dealing with the you know because you stay where you know you're like okay this is the place i know and i'm not saying puerto Mm -hmm. rico is a bad thing but where i'm from like i would have just stayed in that little like in that area dealing with the same people not looking to do anything more for myself because I, I was safe where I was at so I think that's very important and then I and I like that because it's true like a lot of a lot of us just stay where we're comfortable and we need to break we need to break that especially when we have kids you have to like teach them like it's good it's good to be to try new things and and be better and want better and sometimes it doesn't work out and sometimes it does yeah and we're so stuck in survival mode mm-hmm. and like I say this all the time about working at with like the individuals at the facility that I work at because the majority of the population is black and brown and they're all in survival mode and they're constantly they just do things to survive I know this is going to get me to what I need so I'm we're just always surviving and with being in constant survival mode there's certain things that we miss out on that we don't know like like some of them out of like relax mm-hmm. and sit in peace and so it's just like, I don't, I don't know what peace is. And it's like with a therapist, you can work to actually enjoy peace and not be afraid of peace and not have to be in a constant state of fight, flight, you know? And mm-hmm. so like, it's something that we do need. It's sad that like, yes, we do need it just because of American history, mm-hmm. but but it is yeah, yeah it's yeah. true we yeah. like I st- when I started going to therapy like I was always on fire and I and I still sometimes act on fight and flight but I learned how to be like okay wait let me step back what is going on like especially as becoming a mom I was always in constant like oh my god she did this I need to do this and and mm-hmm. now I'm like okay wait she's 10 she's you know she's not my enemy she doesn't I mean she's getting to know what she's doing in her actions and all that stuff but not everything that she's doing is against me so let me learn what it is like let me communicate with her so that's the that's the best thing that I've learned for myself in therapy it's how to communicate because I was bad and I'm still I still struggle with it sometimes but it and struggling communicate my feelings is the struggle that I have now but I'm glad that I'm able to like kind of move forward and I'm like hey I'm not very happy right now let me step aside 
and and she said, but mom, I was like, it's nothing to do with you. It's me. I'm like struggling yeah. with whatever. And and we've been able to like navigate that because navigating therapy is very, very hard. Like me trying to figure out because at the beginning, I've always like I've gone to therapy, but she hasn't. And she's like, I want to go to therapy. And me trying to like that was very hard for me to navigate. I was like, how? Why do you want to go to therapy? Am I doing something bad? Am I about mom? Oh, my God. And I just went into my head. So what do you think for those parents that like their kids is like, hey, I think we should go to therapy. Like, what do you I don't know. Like, how could you help a mom like me (laughs) deal with those thoughts? Yeah, I think it's the same as like when. Like an older like adult child come to their mom and say hey these are the things that like you know i started therapy and these are the things that came up and she's like i did the best that i could it's like no it's not that it's just mm-hmm. things like you were in a certain space and so this is kind of i'm not attacking you but it's just these are the things that i missed out on that i'm improving on and i think when a child comes to the parent and says like i want to do therapy it should be like you can ask like why do you think you know why do you want to go therapy and you can hear their answer and you're like, okay, cool. We'll set it up. It's not all the time about you. It could be like some things that a child doesn't know how to communicate to you about. And so they're like, I don't know how to say this and I need help with that. Mm-hmm. And so, because you, that, you, that's what it is. Like, I don't know how to say this thing. I need help structuring this to tell my mom. Mm-hmm. These are the needs or I have these thoughts. I can't frame them. I can't ask my mom. I don't want to confuse her. So let me go to someone who, you know, my mom's doing it. She's getting the help. I can go to this person and work on things that I need help with, you know? And sometimes also kids are like very respect. Like your daughter's clearly seeing you like go to therapy. So (laughs) she's like, all right, mom's working with things. I don't want to burden her with my problems. So let me go to my own person and give them my problems so that mom's not dealing with all those problems as well. I actually, I like, I respect that. If I'm very, like, you should be very proud of her for one, <laughs> saying that, like, she's taking your example and that's what you're wanting to do. Like, you want to be a good, like, example to her. And she's saying, mom's making improvements for, with through therapy. I want to make improvements through therapy. So I want my own therapist. Yeah, that's pretty. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. We, I actually did set it up because we moved down. So, like, I got insurance down here now. So I set it up. I'm like, okay, we got to go. I'm gonna take you you gotta do your own thing because yeah it's i mean she's her own human too she has her own things that she's navigating through especially moving and all that stuff i know it's a lot <laughs> um why is there a taboo i know why there's a taboo in my family when it comes to therapy well why do you think it's such a broad especially in our community that therapy is a bad thing or you're crazy if you go to therapy so I'm saying, like, historically, we, one, didn't have the ability to access it. Mm. And then there was. And then so when people did start going, like, to therapy, people started going to therapy, it was more so, like, white therapists. So there was, like, no kind of understanding. Stuff like not having the ability to, like, get to it. And then, oh, just white people. And they're already, like, you know, have certain views about us. Why would I go to a white person? And Mm -hmm. then, like, the slow kind of buildup of people of color becoming therapists, building kind of like um, facilities and buildings for people of color to go to. And I feel like that's the start of it. But then also how just how we view people with mental health issues. Uh, so like if you have a mental health issue, 
and then you're a person of color, you're like, damn, that's two things like against me already. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I gotta choose. You know, it's like it's never like you can't <laughs> have both. You say like, I'd rather be just a black person versus a black person who's struggling with mental health issues and depression. Mm-hmm. And that's not so like that's like two things. Yeah. And so I feel like like that is why. And then also the aspect of like keeping our business and the family, like you don't share our business, you keep that to yourselves. We deal with it ourselves. So all of those things just kind of over time just continue with that viewpoint of therapy. She's like, no, black people don't do therapy. No, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. We can't we can handle it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And also the and it also the mindset like whatever happened in the past that's the past let it go and there was no acceptance that whatever happened to you in the past carries on because again it's like oh my god i'm black and then i'm dealing with these things from my past and i don't want to so it's always leave the past in the past you're fine you'll get over it because i mm. got over it yeah and it's just like no you really didn't you just <laughs> internalize things and then Mm. your actions and your behaviors (laughs) yeah (laughs) you passed it on yeah like that's the biggest thing like with my mom she was like well I went to therapy this was like when I was young and she's like I went to therapy my therapist says I'm great despite of what happened to me and I was like nobody's saying that you're not great I'm not saying you're not great I'm saying that this is not working out (laughs) because your communication styles and my communication is not meshing and she wouldn't understand that until now that she's older and she sees me like going to therapy and she sees me how I am with my daughter she's like oh now I understand what you meant I was like oh, <laughs> that is what I meant it's not that you, there's nothing <laughs> wrong it's just yeah. I'm not communicating the way that I should because my daughter is a different person like she is not me she's a completely different human and she thinks differently so I have to learn how to express myself for her mm-hmm. to understand and vice versa you know and and finally she was like okay I'm gonna go to therapy I was like yay mom good I was like we're all crazy it's okay <laughs> isn't it isn't it fun when your parents you're just your parents are like oh, you're in therapy like my mom finally went I was like ah, <laughs> you see what I see yeah exactly ah. like wow good 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 I was like you see you're not crazy it's just we just have to let our feelings you know we just have to yeah. open up <laughs> I'm just like oh thank you okay <laughs> it's like I don't gotta do that no <laughs> Do you think that we have had as a community have an improvement on therapy? Because I know it's still a little bit more accessible, but I don't know if it hasn't improved so much as in the past. So it's a lot more accessible, but Mm -hmm. I've noticed a lot more people of color wait till like the last Mm -hmm. minute to get therapy until things are like oh my God, I can't keep going. And so I think that's the part that we need to understand that the earlier you kind of like, you know, early intervention, the earlier Mm -hmm. you intervene in certain situations, you know, you're able to work through it, even though it might continue and continue, but you're able to better handle that situation. Because a lot of, again, a lot of people that I, I work with at the hospital, for them, they're like, yeah, this happened. And it's like, so basically a lot of things built up and then it exploded. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I want you to know there were. And, but then I asked him, I was like, well, were there early signs? I'm like, no, no, think about it. Think about it. were there early signs, like warning signs, like little red flags that like peaked up before it actually happened. And they sit there and they think about it and they're like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> well, <laughs> we could have been here a long time ago. 
<laughs> we could have we could have not reached this point if we mm-hmm. acknowledge those early warning signs. But then also we're still learning to balance mental health with like life because they're like if you're a mom and you're dealing with your kids and then you're like, damn, I gotta deal with my mental health because I gotta go with therapy. It's mm-hmm. we're still learning how to balance all those things and we're we're learning how to accept the fact that yes, I need time for myself and being able to say that. Because again, we still have like little pieces of survival mode. Even mm-hmm. even the people of color who are in therapy, we're still in survival mode, which means we're always constantly working on the ground doing these things and doing what we need to do in order to make sure everyone around us is good. Mm-hmm. And so we're 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 getting there slowly <laughs> but surely. And we are. And I like I hear people it's like, yeah, mental health, mental health. I want to work on mental health. It sounds good when you say it, yeah. but you they're not it? actually implementing it together. So they're not implementing mm-hmm. it to the live again. But accessibility is there. It's mm-hmm. just we wait to the last minute versus like being honest with ourselves and saying, "Let me get there before this gets bad." Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's true. I should have not waited <laughs> until it was <laughs> like, "Stop calling for me, okay?" <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just an observation that I made. <laughs> It's like, geez, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But I like the <laughs> fact that, well, we met or I stalked you on TikTok. So I like that you're having that your too. voice heard. <laughs> I like that you're having that, your voice out there heard. But what made you just have TikTok, use TikTok as that platform to like have people know what their art therapist is, therapy is? Oh my God. That's I don't okay. know how to talk um, someday. So it's actually accidental because I was just playing around with it. Like I had it, I had a TikTok for I think like a year or so before I actually started like putting stuff on there. I would just go and it's like, what is this this just dancing thing? <laughs> I want to see, I was like, this yeah. is what people were dancing. I'm like, oh, this is cool, whatever. But it was like accidental. I had made a post and I hadn't like, it was introducing yourself or you give your name, your sign and like what you do. And I had put like art therapist on there and then it just kind of like blew up. And I was like, oh, people, People want to know what I want what I do. Okay. So I did it. And I just kept making like content. And I I slowed down on TikTok because I was really, really like and then at the time, a lot of people don't know this. So at the time that like I blew up on TikTok was like right before my dad passed away. So I was like doing it and I was like, Oh, okay, this is great. And then that happened and I was like, Oh, okay. Gotta deal with grief. And then it transitioned to me using like TikTok just to like share my grief a little bit, but mm-hmm. still like talk about art therapy. And then like it just blew up. And then I just got really tired because I needed to constantly post things. And I was like, okay. Then I like transitioned to Instagram, which I like more for sharing more content about art therapy. But it was all accident. Yeah. And people just kind of like, enjoyed it. So you like sharing more Instagram? I think for me, I prefer Instagram. Like I gravitate towards it just because I've been doing it forever. But like I also yeah. feel it's more like it feels organic. Like on TikTok, I, I have to do specific things so that people can see it and I can like have my voice heard. And I'm like, this is too much. I just want people to know that I have a podcast and it's great and listen to it. Like, I don't like, what do I have to do all these things? <laughs> yeah, no, like, on tiktok now like since they like switched whatever they switched now it's like more preferred to like talk mm. even though i'm talking right now i'm not a big talker mm. so i'm like i don't i don't feel like doing like i don't know how people randomly get on there and they just like 
talk about stuff. And I'm yeah. like, I didn't do that. Yeah. And so, like, at least with, like, Instagram. Also, I feel like Instagram is, like, more, like, I engage more with my community, like, my the, the, the community, like, the followers that I have there. I feel like more of, like, a community sense on Instagram versus TikTok. Like, TikTok, they're just like, you're not entertaining me. I don't want to look at you anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then, like, on Instagram, I see the engagement. Like, I love talking to people who, like, if I, like, post on my story, I get responses. I provide, like, I love the DMs. I get messages. Like, I feel more of a community on Instagram. So that's why I like that more. And I focus more on that. And then TikTok just required me to talk. And I'm just like, You're like I don't got time I'm not for a that. chatty girl. <laughs> I know. I was like, yeah, I'm not a chatty girl. It's funny because I do this, but I don't find going into TikTok and like talking organic. It makes no sense. But it's just weird because I feel like I have to talk. Like here, I have a topic and I like, I'm broad about it, but on TikTok, it has to be a certain amount. And I'm like, I don't, I can't. My thoughts are long. <laughs> I need a long time for me to explain myself. So I don't know. No, you're you're not wrong because I'll share like a simple, I was talking about something, responding to something. I recorded it like 10 times. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't like how I said that. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I can't do this. This yeah. is a lot. I ended up recording one and like I edited just because I liked it. I was like, that's perfect. But then I had to edit bits and pieces so I could get my point across. I was like, I can't do this every time. My friend's like, it's great. I'm like, not for me. I <laughs> and I still do it. Part. Well, like, I just don't like because I just feel like it just it's not my thought process. It's like a little bit. I don't know. It makes sense in my head. <laughs> no, I got it. Because when I did the um, mental health throughout black history i was like i need to make these points and so like instagram you had to get a certain amount mm-hmm. and then tiktok you need a certain amount and i was like i, I need to make sure these points aren't shared <laughs> yeah that was, it's like i need all these to hit and like i don't know if they are that's funny do you think you're making an impact like in either social media with your therapy like with your contact and therapy yeah, I do actually. And I always like tell people, like when people ask me, like, oh my God, how do you feel about like, you know, social media? I like, you're social media famous. I was like, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> they like, you're famous. I was like, I'm not there yet. Not quite. When people just randomly stop me in the street, That's I'm it. like, oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my God. God. But no. <laughs> but I think for me, for a lot of people, I'm validating their wish to become our therapist because it's not a well known profession. So for a lot of people, it's just like, thank you so much. Like, I didn't think I wanted to do this career. I wasn't sure about it. But it's like seeing your content and learning a little more about it. It makes me feel more confident in my decision. And then I'm very happy because, first off, traditionally, therapy is a white space. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that people are coming across my platform, seeing a Black face and a Black woman of color, mm-hmm. and that's the first, like, example of an art therapist that's validating their like profession i'm like i'm very proud of that like mm-hmm. you're it's changing the like the look of therapy in general and that it's not just kind of like a predominantly white thing that white people do yeah. and so i'm just like yes you're doing a great job doing. yeah do you think have you like had a lot of uh like patience from tiktok or has it opened doors for you to like collaborate with other artists or or the therapist um so because I work at a predominant, not predominantly, I work in a behavioral health hospital. I have had patients who found my TikTok and I gaslight them. 
when they come <laughs> to the hut. They're like, do you have an Instagram or do you have a TikTok? I'm like, never. On social media. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, you look for familiar. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, you're like, I'm never. No, I don't have social media. I don't even and they're like, phone. you don't. Like, you look real familiar. And I'm like, no. And I was telling my, I was telling my coworkers, I'm like, y'all, I think she follow me on TikTok. And I'm like, I'm just, if she asks, just say no, I don't have a TikTok, okay? <laughs> because, because I'm. Because it's supposed to be like, you know, confidentiality, HIPAA, yeah. so I, I don't. And then I've also like been on a live on TikTok and they're like, oh. Miss B, do you remember me? And I'm like, I don't want people to know where I work. I don't want people to know where I work. Yeah, of course, you don't. Yeah. And yeah, I don't want people to know where I work. So I'm like, shh, shh. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like, what? That's not me. I never had a phone in my life. I don't even know what is a phone. <laughs> But like outside of here, if they stop me, I'm just like, yeah, okay, yeah, because yeah. like, like this came up versus like if you see a patient outside of like, again, I work at a behavior hospital, so they're there for like really extreme things. Mm-hmm. And the where I live, I actually have like ran across several of my patients that I work with, and someone was like, what do you do? I'm like, if they acknowledge me, I acknowledge them, and if mm-hmm. they want to talk to me, have a conversation, I talk to them, and if they don't acknowledge me. Okay, yeah, keep I keep walking. it moving. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, some people Some people are not comfortable, mm-hmm. like you know, with the fact that they are like they had to go someplace to seek, you know, mental health and like mental health support. So yeah. like, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. So yeah, that's funny. It's like, <laughs> do you? Know I do. Yes, I guess I no. Talk about what? Yeah, you're like I don't know. What's the best part of your job? Because I need to know. <laughs> Um, so like I think I mentioned this earlier, I do both clinical and non-clinical. So for my clinical self, I work at the hospital. The plus side of working in the hospital is if I'm working with a patient who's there for like an extended period of time, seeing their progress, it is phenomenal. It is amazing to witness like someone come in who's just like, I don't need help. It's mostly with the adolescents. Our adults, like they cycle up faster, but with their adolescents, if they're part of DCFS, they're there for a significant period of time. So I have I had patients who like come in and they're just like, fucking bitch, I don't need this. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfectly fine. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, I'll be in my group then. You can just go chill. Mm-hmm. And then they're there for like three or four months. And by like, like the last of their months, they're just like, Miss P, I love you. Thank you so much. And I'm just like, <laughs> you have made so much growth. They're like, yeah, I really need the help and support. And I appreciate you like staying by me because I know I was difficult. And I'm just like, were <laughs> yes I'm, I'm glad that you recognize <laughs> but it was a, like it's amazing to see like that growth and so that's like in the hospital setting and for like the non-clinical stuff it's being able to like reach people and like show them that therapy isn't scary and so like when I do my workshops I let them know like yes this is our therapy but it's non-clinical so it's, we're not going to be like super deep like if you have actual diagnosis i'm not going to sit there and work with you on that it's oh. more of this like a space where like i we're gonna work on you know how we address our anger and i'm having like an art activity where we address that and then we have a conversations about that like it's just specifically kind of what i'm presenting in that workshop mm-hmm. and then if you do need additional support outside of my workshop i got to, i got a list for you that i could provide you oh. Okay. If you're seeking to find like a therapist, I don't do one on ones. A lot of I know a lot of people ask me that, but 
in the work non-clinical workshop setting it's to see like people who are just like i really am enjoying this and it has helped me a lot and i find i find peace in your workshops so yeah that's pretty cool then that's nice <laughs> um has personally what's your biggest lesson that you've had this year or last year because i know this year is kind of starting uh, my biggest lesson oh man i i think it's to take more risks yeah take more risks and then to listen to my gut oh god yeah so important <laughs> yeah yes. take risks and listen to my gut mm-hmm. that that's where i'm at currently because i'm just like all right we're gonna because there's a lot of things i want to do but i'm just like to do it and since i do it i'm just gonna do it <laughs> yeah because i'm just like in my head i'm like what's the worst thing happen so i'm gonna just say no and that's mm-hmm. it just keep moving yeah that's that's important i um when i started doing the podcast i was like i was scared and i remember the the girl that i, I did a seminar and she was like do it scared like you have to do things scared and i was like mm, okay mm-hmm. i'll do it and then look at me <laughs> like look at me now no, <laughs> do you have any workshops coming up I so once a month I do at the, end, at the end of every Wednesday the last Wednesday I cannot talk either. Do you see? It's the just last contagious. Wednesday. It is the last Wednesday of the month. I do like an open art therapy group kind of thing where mm-hmm. I like um it's at a restaurant they have great food it's called pork chop mm-hmm. and so you get yourself a ticket you can come you can eat you can drink and you can just make art and you can just sit in a space with like-minded individuals feel supported if you want to talk with me you know have small conversations you can but it's more just like you come and you can freely make art and just enjoy yourself and just learn the sense of relaxation because again a lot of times we don't know how to relax so Mm -hmm. that was the intention behind this is just like creating a space of peace and calm you're just like i just needed this i don't want to talk i just want to be around people who are making art so that's happening next week and then I'm working with the college, I think next month. And I'm working on some other things because I'm actually transitioning to part-time at my clinical job. Okay. So I'll have more opportunities. And then I'm like, oh, I can now do like virtual stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. I am so happy that you came back. Is there anything that you want to well first of all plug yourself because you need all these people need to follow you uh everywhere. Yes, yes they do. <laughs> okay, hold on. Because I always get my names wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she has so many names. <laughs> no, it's just the way it's the same name. It's literally the same name yeah. on both platforms. It's just one has a dot, one doesn't. Oh, and I always forget which one. Okay, that makes yes. sense. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I always forget. So on my Instagram, it is Piera D dot B, and it's like P I E R R A D dot B. That's my Instagram, and then for my TikTok, it is. Let me make sure it's right because again, I get it wrong. Go, go, go. Okay, and on my TikTok, it is Piera D B. Okay, yes, that's it. That's I always get it wrong. No, no, that makes that makes sense. You know, I'm I'm the same way. That's no, 
<laughs> well, um, guys, you guys know that you can email me, DM me, or reach out to me on TikTok. My email is momsnoexpertpodcast at gmail.com. And for all my handles is momsnoexpertpodcast on everywhere. And I'm super excited that you were here. And you got to come back oh, every time. It. Come back all the time. Listen, <laughs> I already told you I'm down to come back. I'm so happy. Okay, I'm going I'm to reach back because, you know... <laughs> I'm down to come back. Thank you for joining me this week on Mom's No Expert Podcast. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Mom's No Expert Podcast and share the show with your friends. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode.